0: We are on Kuf Amabes 120b, as we continue the discussion of the Mishnah. Again, this Mishnah sort of focuses on a slightly different issue. Until now, we've been discussing who is allowed to testify, who is not allowed to testify about the death of a husband. And now the focus of the Mishnah is what are they supposed to testify about? What is viewed as valid testimony and what is viewed as invalid testimony? And in the middle of the Mishnah, We'll focus. We'll primarily focus on the next couple of lines of the mission. the mission says that you can only testify if you actually saw the person die. You have to actually see the person die. Um, you're not allowed to testify. Let's say you just saw uh, cut up limbs, or if you saw that they were uh, hung, or if you saw that an animal devoured, devoured them, but you didn't see them afterwards and to see if they actually died in the end, then you cannot testify. We need it to be. We need to be certain. And so therefore you have to testify about the fact that the person actually died. So the Gemara now is going to sort of uh, clarify this and uh, provide some limitations to this, as we will see, uh, to both the case of a body that's cut up as well as to a case that uh, where an animal uh, devoured the person. These are all terrible situations. Uh, but it's really true that you can never testify in those cases what happens if you are... You know, almost certain that it's impossible to survive, or you are certain that it's impossible to survive. So, what would happen in those cases? So let's uh, let's see the gemara. The gemara says as follows: According to the mission, the reason why you cannot testify that the husband died when it comes to cut up limbs that you see cut up limbs is because the implication is that a person can live, and since a person can live, therefore you cannot testify. It's not valid testimony that the husband died. Is this really true, or minu? This is really true? We have the following Brysa. is from the times of the Mishnah. The Brisa says that a person does, it does not um, transmit impurity. A dead body transmits impurity. A person does not transmit impurity until they're actually dead, meaning even if they have cut up limbs, even if they are what is referred to as a ghost, as somebody who's about to die. They still are, do, not, uh, do not transmit impurity. They, actu- they have to actually die. The implication is, however, that right now they don't transmit impurity, but if the implication is that they won't survive. Right now they're alive, but <laughs> they won't survive. They'll die fairly, uh, fairly quickly, uh, and we're fairly certain about that. That's why it says that they don't transmit impurity, but the implication is, is that they will die momentarily. So the implication seems to be that they're not going to survive, and our mission seems to imply that they will survive. So the Gemara is going to give two answers. The Gemara will present one answer right now, and then analyze that answer, and then much later it's going to provide a second answer. So let's see the first answer. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, Lo kasha, ben alazar, says it's a machokes, it's a dispute between Rab Shimon Ben Elazar and the majority, the Rabanan and he puts a Everybody agrees that you cannot testify if you see somebody who's hungry. That you cannot testify about because it could be possible that they could survive. If you didn't see them die, actually die, see that they died, it's possible for them to survive. However, the first opinion of the Rabbanon say you could in fact testify about Muguyah if there's cut up limbs. Our Mishnah is not like this, the first opinion. It's not like the Rabbanon. And the price that it discussed the uh, impurity, that's like the Rabbanon because Even though it doesn't transmit impurity, but the person will die pretty soon. However, Rabshimon ben Elazar, he's the author of our Mishnah. And he says that you cannot testify even on Meguyid, even if the the limbs are cut up. Why? Because it's possible, explains Rabshimon ben Elazar, that um, it's possible that the wound could be scorched and there'd be cauterization of the wound. Which will stop the flow of the blood, and he'll be able to survive. So Roshim Ben Elazar says that it is in fact possible to survive because the wounds will be healed, will be cauterized. So if that's the, so, that's the author of our Mishnah. It ends up being a dispute. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Let's first analyze this. We mean, what we the Ochmiyker Ben Elazar? Is it really possible to say that our Mishnah is like Roshim Ben Elazar? What about the next Mishnah? We'll get to the next Mishnah soon. But Vehakatani Seifa, not in this recording, but in uh, in the next one or the one thereafter, uh, it says in the it says in the Seifa, in that mission, the next Mishnah, There's a story of a per, of a person in Asya, a place called Asya, he, he jumped and drowned into the sea. also and all they had was a foot. They were only being able to find his his leg. So, what's his status? What exactly is his status? in general we'll get to this later if it's a sea or an ocean where you, you cannot uh, see the end so in that case everybody were concerned that maybe he reached dry land and we weren't able to see him however this is a case where it's not just he we weren't able to see him but we actually have his leg so maybe we're, we have more of a proof that he died so the chacham say depends on how much of a leg that we have if we have past the knee all the way from the from the foot, all the way to past the knee, so then it's impossible to survive. Uh, that is a valid testimony to say that the husband died, the wife can now remarry. However, if it, it's all we have from the leg is from below the knee, if it's from below the knee, so then a person could survive. But this seems to be it's, it, this is the next Mishnah. So it seems as though the authors are the same author as this mission and the next Mishnah. So if our mission is like we've shown been a and He's of the opinion that uh, wounds could heal, so then it should also heal in a case where you have the leg which is even past the knee. So why is that valid testimony? So the answer is no, that case is different. Shina Maya demirzumakah. Water actually makes the wound worse. Water makes makes the wound worse. And so therefore in that case Rabbi Shun but also would agree, in general, um, there is there there's a concern that you'll be able to survive. But if it's in water, you have a wound. You've cut up body parts, and it's in water, so then you won't be able to survive. There, everybody agrees it's valid testimony. You will not be able to survive. So the Maran then asks another story. Bamar Rabba Rechana Rabba Rechana says, "Lididi Chazal LeHalutz Hayah." He says that I saw an Arab, the Shakil Safsira Vegadil Gamal. He took a sword and he cut open his camel. This is talking an animal; it's talking a person. But the camel died. the Lot of sixty l'naru say. It died so very, very quickly that it even sees its uh, brain before it died. It died, died very, very quickly. So if it died very quickly. So we see, seemingly, that uh, the wound can't get healed. It dies right away. Uh, so there's, uh, it should be viewed as valid, valid testimony. How could I ever say that to be able to survive this? The camel wasn't able to survive this. So to this, a buy answers. I'm gonna buy a high No, that's an exception to the rule. It was a very weak animal. It was a very weak, weak animal. The camel was very weak. But other people, other animals, other people would be able to survive. Not necessarily, we're not saying that there's a good chance of survival, but there's a chance for them to survive. The of and since there's a chance for them to survive, it wouldn't be viewed as valid testimony unless, as we pointed out before, it's in water. If it's in the ocean, so then he would agree that uh, it's valid testimony. This all fits within Abaya. bay says that the armistice that's following Mishim ben Lazar, price earlier it's following the Rabbanan, the majority. The majority opinion is that it is viewed as valid testimony. Rabbananullah is a minority opinion who says that it's not, and our mission is following a minority opinion. That is all according to Abayin. Rabbanan. now, the second answer, says as follows. He says, Besakin, the Levenis, the Divrei, HaKo. He says, No, our mission can even go according to the majority. Our mission can really be going according to the majority, that it is viewed as uh, not a valid testimony. Why? Because when we see somebody who's cut up, it's only a case where was cut open with a very hot knife, with a white hot knife, and even there because of the heat, the wound could close up. So if we know that it was due to a hot knife, that uh, he was cut up by a hot knife, so then the heat will close up the wound, and there even the majority will be of the opinion that we have to be concerned. No, we're not saying that it's for sure going to happen. We have to be concerned that the person will, in fact, survive. So again, our Mishnah said that you can never testify about somebody who, uh, you just see the limbs that are cut up, uh, or some of the limbs that are cut up. So it's really not so simple. Uh, we pointed out that according to Abaye, this is a dispute. And even according to Ravah, even those who are of the opinion that uh, you could testify, there's, there's certain cases where you cannot testify because if it's a very hot knife. So then there's a, we have to be concerned that maybe the person survived because the wounds were closed up. Okay. That is all the case of a cut-up uh, the cut-up uh, um, limbs. The next case of the Mishnah that you cannot testify, we'll see also limitations to this, is the case of where an animal devours the uh, the person. So, Amar <speaking in Spanish> v. Shmuel says, <speaking in Spanish> The only thing you can't testify is talking about a case where an animal uh, bit off the person where It's not uh, vital to live off. It wasn't the heart. It wasn't uh, wasn't where a person automatically dies from. But if we see that the animal just bit off the area where uh, the person would automatically die from, from the heart, let's say, so then for sure, then he could testify. Nobody survives that. And our video, Shmuel, in fact, says, Shmuel says, that if someone cuts off uh, two or the majority of the two passageways, um, the, the trachea and the esophagus it's some referring to the trachea and the esophagus so then, if you cut off uh, the majority of that so then a person cannot survive you can testify about that as well so Murray says is this really true isn't is this really true Shmuel says elsewhere maramal, bahamar, uh, he asked the question Shmuel says that what happens if you have the following case where a person uh, their trachea and esophagus or at least the majority of it is cut off so Shmuel just said that it's impossible for him to survive, yet Shmuel also says that if at that stage he really wants to divorce his wife, so that his wife is not viewed as a, as a widow, but is divorced, and he says, write again for my wife, write a divorce document for for my wife, Shmuel said, you're allowed to write it. So it seems like he's alive. So my answer is no. Chai hu v'sofa alamos. The point is, he's alive right now. When he makes the with the command to write the divorce documents right now, we listen to him and we write it, because right now he is alive, it doesn't mean that we're still certain that he will die soon. So it might be possible to give the divorce document before he dies, and it's not a contradiction to say that we're allowed to testify about it, to say that he actually died, because it's impossible to survive this. Uh, he will die momentarily. He will die pretty soon thereafter, um, but he, it's still possible to give a divorce document. It's possible that he'll be able to survive to give a divorce document. So the says, El says, according to this go let's say um, somebody accidentally uh, cuts off the the majority of the trachea and the esophagus. He does it by accident. So if you do it on purpose, you get the death penalty. Somebody who murders gets the death penalty. What we're discussing now is something else. Is where you do it accidentally. If you do it accidentally. The law is is that you don't get the death penalty, but you have to um, you have to live in the Ari Mikvot, in the cities of refuge. Uh, you have to live there otherwise uh, other family members are allowed to kill you they're permissible for them to kill you which is a whole separate topic uh, but you have to, you have to run away so but it says here the therysa says that if a person accidentally cuts off a majority how is it He does not in fact have to um, go to the Ari he doesn't have to live in the Ari Miplo in the uh, places and the cities of refuge the question is why not? We just said that. He's going to die from this. If he's going to die from this, so then he should be forced to go there. So, Now, there's a concern here. Why? We're concerned that it's not just uh, his cutting that causes the person to die, but it's a combination of factors. It's a combination of factors that maybe it was the wind. It was, it was two things that are happening together. Him cutting off the esabegus together with the wind um, causing him to die. The wind causing him to have a, a, a terrible situation, it aggravates his condition, and that's what's also causing him to die. So it's a combination of factors, or Inami, and we're going to explain this in a minute. Shema, you care or maybe he's hastening his own death. that like he's doing certain things to himself that's causing him to die faster. And so, just to take a moment of uh, to stop here, the, in these cases, certainly, if you do it intentionally. You still get the death penalty, even if he causes himself to die faster. Even if it's something through the wind that makes the conditions worse. When it comes to intentional murder, you murdered him, and it happens to be that there are other factors that make it go faster, perhaps. But he was going to die anyways. You committed murder. You get the death penalty. There are a lot of limitations when it comes to who is deserving to uh, when they kill accidentally. Uh, who is deserving to go to the Aramiklah, to the cities of refuge, and who doesn't have to go? So when it comes to that, there are various limitations. Uh, included in those limitations are the fact that if there's another factor involved that makes it go faster, so then you are exempt. So this is limited to a case of where it's unintentional. So my benayu, what's the difference between these two different reasons, asks the Gemara. We're on to Kufchabala from 121a. So the the bubeise, the buparkas, inami the bubara buparkas. There are two ramifications depending on what the reason is. Let's say you cut somebody in a house of marble where it's closed and there's no wind. So then, if you give the reason that a person himself could cause his death to happen earlier, so then, according to that position, then uh, then he doesn't have to go to the Arimekla, he doesn't have to go to the city of refuge. However, because of the wind, there is no wind in this case. You, you're in a house but there's no wind. Alternatively, you kill them outside, but it's a case where the victim... Did not cause himself to die uh, faster um but it was the, but there was wind so that would be the opposite that since there is wind so then according to that opinion that says that the wind causes his condition to become a lot worse uh so then you would be exempt but if it's because the person caused it himself uh, the victim himself caused him to die faster so then that doesn't apply in that case in the end of the day we have these different scenarios uh with the different factors involved as to as to why he would not have to, the accidental murderer would not have to go to the city of refuge, and because there are other factors involved, he would not, in fact, have to go. Again, if it was intentional murder, everybody agrees. He caused the murder, happens to be other conditions, other factors involved, may have caused him to die faster, but he caused the murder, and he does get the death penalty. This distinction might be parallel to other other limitations. We find other limitations, like uh, how, how you cause the person to die, if you, let's say, shot an arrow or something, depending on whether it was upwards or downwards, that would impact whether or not a person goes to, is required, if they did accidentally, to uh, go to the city of refuge. Uh, however, everybody agrees that whether you do it uh, upwards or downwards, <laughs> if you do it intentionally, you get the death penalty, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's murder. Um, so when it comes to the, who has to go to the city of refuge, there, there are various limitations, um, irrespective of whether it's viewed as uh, murder there would be various, uh, various limitations. So by murdering intentionally, it's all about, in the end of the day, did you cause his death? And the answer is yes. Uh, when it comes to going to the Ari Mikwat, to the cities of refuge, um, there are other factors involved. So just uh, once we're on the topic, and with this will conclude, why is it that uh, somebody who murders uh, accidentally, why do they have to go to the Ari Mikwat? So there are various reasons that are given. Uh, either it's a form of a punishment, uh, even though it was unintentional, but it destroys society. To have murder, it destroys society, so it's a form of punishment. Either it's to save him because uh, the rest of the family wants to take revenge on him, even though he did it accidentally, so it's a way to save him. Or it could be for psychological reasons. There's, a, there's another explanation It says that the family, if they see the murderer, even though he did it unintentionally, they see him, it's going to cause much pain and anguish to the family every time they see him. So he has to hide in the Arya Mithlat, he has to hide in the city of refuge, because we don't want to cause much pain to the relatives of the victim. And so it's really for a psychological reason. Okay, Uh, we have a little bit more left in the Gemara to do on this Mishnah, and then we'll begin a new Mishnah. These are all fascinating Mishnahs about different forms of testimony, which testimony is valid, which testimony is invalid. We'll see this in the next recording.